Cześć Orzełki, tu Viola i Marcin. Uczymy się angielskiego poprzez naturalną konwersację i słuchanie. Jeśli chcielibyście czytać w trakcie słuchania, zapraszamy na stronę naturalnyangielski.com, gdzie znajdziecie transkrypcję i tłumaczenia wszystkich odcinków. Do you know what can make learning English difficult? Speaking with native English speakers who don't speak it well themselves. When you are learning a language, you're learning the basic rules of grammar. And naturally, that's because there's no other official way to learn it. People who don't speak the language well probably don't teach it. In order for you to be able to make sense of that language and use it on your own, you most likely focus on its grammatical rules. So now, if you have the basics down pretty well and you speak with an English speaker who doesn't follow all the same grammatical rules you do, it throws you off. You're confused. You may be thinking, is it me? Am I saying it wrong? Is this person correct? So you start questioning yourself. And that's if you even understood what the person said. Today, I'd like to go over the most common grammatical mistakes native English speakers make. Now, I don't like acting like the grammar police. Once you get out of school, you don't write essays anymore. You probably don't read as many books. And so you may start catching yourself forgetting some basic knowledge. I get it. It happens to me too. I also understand that some people are not great at English, but instead are really great at math. But when I read social media posts or captions, I have this rule. If I skim your writing once, maybe just a sentence, a short post caption, for example, and I can't make out what it is you're trying to say, it's that bad, I just keep scrolling. I will not waste my time trying to figure out what this one sentence says or what you are trying to say because who has the patience for that? And to clarify, I'm not talking about typos. A typo is just a small mistake in writing, a typographical error. Misspelling a word is a typo. Happens to every one of us. When we discuss the natural way of speaking, I try to find the balance between this is how people speak and maybe it's not always up to every English professor's standards, but I definitely don't want to drift too far the other way. Meaning, let's make sure we're understood and our message comes across very clearly. So, let's get into it. Let's go through the top 10 grammatical mistakes native English speakers make all the time. I'm going to start with mistakes that don't bother me too much and end with those that really bother me and ones I cringe when I hear. 
It's not just me, though. It's not my preferences. We're talking about mistakes that are obvious and other people recognize. Since you know by now, I love a good list. Here's the first one. Lay and lie. Lay, L-A-Y, and lie, L-I-E. Which one means to put something down and which one means to be in a horizontal position on your bed or your couch? This one doesn't bother me at all, actually, because it's difficult. You hear these words used incorrectly all the time, which makes it difficult to remember the difference. To be clear, you lie down and you lay something down. Lay needs to have a direct object after it. I want to lie down in my bed. I'm going to lay the book on the table. My trick for remembering the difference between the two is that lie, L-I-E, is the same spelling as the word for not telling the truth. So in my head, I think, okay, people lie. People lie when they speak, and so they lie when they rest. It gets a little tricky once you get to all the other participles, but if you need to quickly remember how to tell someone you're tired and going to take a nap, you could think of, oh, people lie. And you'd say, I'm tired. I'm going to lie down. Next one is well and good. Again, not a super big deal, but people notice when you misuse the word good. You should avoid saying, I did good or I'm doing good. If you're looking to say how you're doing something, the answer is well. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Sometimes I answer with doing well. Thank you. How did you do on the math test? I think I did pretty well. Moving on to effect and effect. They sound almost the same. Effect, A-F-F-E-C-T, and effect, E-F-F-E-C-T. I don't think telling the difference between these two words is very difficult for us Polish people learning English. Affect means to have an influence on something or wpływ in Polish. Effect is effect, rezultat, easy stuff. I've never had issues remembering the difference, but because so many native English speakers around me always question which one they should be using, it almost makes me question myself too. I'm always like, wait, I know this, right? Do I? Okay, next one. Using me instead of I. You wouldn't believe how many native English speakers get this one wrong. People often say, me and my friend went to the store. Wrong. My friend and I went to the store. All you have to remember as a rule here is, I is the subject, me 
is the object. So I am doing the action or the action is happening to me. I was watching. I will be driving. I'm doing the action. Give me, tell me, ask me, with me, on me, for me. Me is the object. People say, her and I met yesterday, or me and her ate dinner together. Both wrong. He, she, I, always subjects. Him, her, me, always objects. Moving on down the list. There, there, there. Yes, I just said three different words, and yes, I understand they all sound the same, but they are spelled differently. There, T-H-E-R-E, is used to refer to a place, whether it is physical or abstract. For example, I left my keys over there. There, T-H-E-Y apostrophe R-E, is a contraction of they are. For example, they're going to the park. There, T-H-E-I-R, is a possessive pronoun that indicates ownership or possession. For example, their car is parked in the garage. I think it's funny to see native English speakers getting these wrong because this is the kind of stuff they're taught in like the first grade. You would think that by adulthood, it would finally stick. In the same vein, we have it's and it's. I'll list this one in here as a bonus. It's, I-T apostrophe S, is a contraction of it is. It's, without the apostrophe, is a possessive pronoun. Also, if you haven't figured it out by now, native English speakers don't know how to use apostrophes. While we're on the simpler ones, I should also mention then, T-H-E-N, and then, T-H-A-N. Then, with an A, is used when you're making comparisons. More than, less than, better than. This diamond shines brighter than the other one. Then, with an E, is used when you're talking about something relating to time. Do this, then do that. We'll eat lunch, and then we'll go for a walk. Now we're getting into words and phrases that I really wish people would finally get right. Most people misuse the word anxious. It probably wouldn't bother me if this word wasn't used all the time, but it is. Anxious means worried or uneasy or concerned, usually about something in the future. Anxious looks and sounds like anxiety, 
because it is the same word and feeling. Unfortunately, many people often use this word when they want to express excitement and eagerness, and maybe they want to say they're looking forward to something in the future. When someone says, I'm anxious to start my new job, but they're happy and smiling, it's confusing. You're saying you're worried, but you seem excited. It's wrong. Anxious means worried. The last three words and phrases I'll go into bother me the most because they're not mistakes. They're not confusing or very similar to the correct form. They're just wrong. And if people would just stop and think about these words, they would realize they don't make any sense. So, now we have irregardless. To most people, irregardless is not a word. Those who say irregardless really mean to say regardless. Regardless means despite everything, without being affected by someone or something. I'll sneak in a little Polish here too. Regardless means mimo wszystko, bez względu na. So I say it's not a real word to most people because it's just one of those words that someone said once and people started repeating it. By now, we've repeated it so much that some dictionaries have accepted it. But if we already have regardless, then why do we need irregardless to mean the same thing? Okay, we're down to my top two most irritating mistakes in speech and writing native English speakers make. Please remember... This isn't directed at those who are learning English. It's very natural to make mistakes when you're learning a new language. I say this all the time. When something is foreign to you, everything about it is new. And some of it goes against the concepts or rules you've been taught in your native language. Totally normal. I just hope that you don't hear these errors others make and pick them up and start using them yourself. So, first runner-up is could care less. When people want to make a strong point saying they really don't care about something, they often incorrectly say, I could care less. The correct version of that is, I couldn't care less, or I could not care less, because the point you're making is, I care so little, and I can't care any less. It's impossible. No caring left. So, if they say, I could care less about what you think, they're saying that I care to a degree. I care somewhat about what you think. The reason this one bothers me is because even when you point it out to people, they still don't understand it. But again, 
if you just think of the logic behind what you're saying, which one makes more sense? And here's the number one error you should avoid like the plague. Could of. Could of. Could of. Could of is the misspelling of could of. Could apostrophe V-E, which is the shortened version of could have. Could of, O-F, is not a real phrase. It will never be a real phrase, and no one considers this to be correct. Should of and would of fall into the same bucket. Wrong. The reason people misspell this phrase is because of the sounds we make when we quickly say, I could have done this myself. The words get a little slurred and V-E, V, starts sounding like O-F, of. Still, if you've spent years and years learning English in school, you shouldn't have a real reason to make this mistake. If you stopped and questioned it, you'd realize that could of makes no sense. So, there you go. That is the list of top 10 grammatical mistakes native English speakers make all the time. There are others, of course, but these are the most basic ones. If I was to provide a list of another 10, they may start getting a little bit more advanced. If you're fine with that and you want to hear more, just shoot me an email. That is all I have for today. As always, thank you for listening. I'm always here to answer any questions you may have, so don't hesitate to write me an email at viola at naturalneangielski.com. Until next time, 